My name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney. And today to start off 2022, we're going to talk about the things you should consider when extending credit to your customer. So let's get started. Um, on today's agenda, we're going to talk about different reasons to extend credit, um, different ways to check people's credit. Then we'll get right into how much credit to extend, how to spot the problems um, before they start once you extend credit, and then how to prevent the problems, some things that you can do to solve problems um, once you identify them. So let's get right into it. So what are some of the reasons to extend credit? Customer loyalty, people like to be able to buy things on credit um, so that they don't have to come up with the cash right now. They have a, a period of time to fund the purchase. The different financial positions of both you and the customer. So if you have the ability to extend credit, um, that's a reason to extend credit. Um, if the customer has the uh, ability to receive the credit because they're credit worthy, that's another reason to extend credit. Industry standard. You know, there are certain components of the construction industry where it is assumed that you will extend credit. So to not extend credit in those components and those sections of the industry, you will be an outlier and it may be hard to get business and to gain a competitive advantage and increase sales. So uh, the more you extend credit to people, more likely than not, more credit they will use when they have the opportunity when they have the opportunity and as a result you will likely increase your sales but again you have to be careful because the more ex credit you extend the more you put yourself at risk for someone's inability to pay back uh, on the credit that you've extended so let's talk about different ways to check for credit so step one you absolutely need to have a credit application um, and I'm going to talk about the two reasons why that's important. Number one is to get the information you need in order to make a credit decision and review their credit. And the second is because under the law, you need to get their written permission to review their credit and pull their credit. So if someone comes into your office and says, I'd like credit, and then you decide to run their credit, um, Legally speaking, you need their permission and you need their permission in writing to be absolutely secure. So having a credit application that both gets the information uh, about their business and has a provision in it that says that they give you permission to pull their credit, um, that's critical. So let's talk about what should be on this credit application. The business name, you would be surprised how often we see credit applications where it just says Smith Plumbing. Um, it doesn't say Inc or LLC or Corp. So you want to you want to get their exact corporate name, and that means it's going to have Inc or LLC or Corp. Um, and you're going to verify that information on the Secretary of State website for Florida. That's sunbiz.org. You want their address. You want their tax ID number. If they have a license, so plumbers, electricians, roofers. Um, you want to get a you want their license number, and then you want to get bank and business credit references. I would say at least three or four, um, so that you can make credit inquiries to those folks. Now, not everybody 
will cooperate with you, which is why you need several. Um, more and more banks uh, we hear are giving a hard time. Uh, other folks in the industry may have a standard response, which is to say, yes, we extend credit. They won't necessarily give any details. Um, but if you have several that you can ask, that will increase the likelihood of getting meaningful information from those credit references. This is shocking to me. We have had clients who have obtained all of this information on a credit application, but yet have verified none of it. Again, I know this seems really obvious, but once you obtain the information, you need to verify that information. So if they give you their business name, you need to go on to sunbiz.org and verify that the company was formed when they said, um, has the officers that they said, has the right address, has the right tax ID number. If they say they're licensed, pull their license information from the Florida uh, DBPR to verify that in fact the license is in their name, not that they put the license number of their cousin who happens to pull all the permits for them. So that's absolutely critical. Um, we have clients that on a routine basis um, obtain credit information, verify credit information, and determine that that information is inaccurate. And that's, that's a great way to get rid of the most, or the I should say, the least credit worthy people um, off the table, right? People that are not telling you the truth on their credit application are people that you should not be extending credit to. So I told you before that you need to get someone's written authorization to pull their credit information. So on the credit application, you are going to get their permission to pull their credit and use the information from their credit report and other information on their credit history to make a credit decision. Um, many times we see that uh, our clients use the credit application to have the uh, prospective customer sign their terms and conditions. We find that that's the best time to do it. When they need the credit, um, you have them sign the terms and conditions of sale. That becomes the credit agreement. So it's not just the credit uh, application. It's it's the credit application, the authorization to pull credit, and all the terms and conditions of, of your sales. You could have them sign that document later, but again, you have them in front of you now. Now is typically the best time to get them to sign all of your terms and conditions. So let's talk about some services that will pull credit for you. So Dun & Bradstreet is probably the most um, common. So dnb.com, you can set up an account, you can uh, run people's credit that way. They have lots of other services to try to make the credit um, review process easier. Let me tell you now that determining the amount of credit um, and the credit worthiness of someone is as much art as it is science. Uh, so there's no hard and fast rule. We have customers or clients that will extend a lot more credit to people than they probably should and everything goes well and a lot less credit to other people that seem credit worthy and things don't go well. So there's no there's no uh, formula that I can tell you or anyone can tell you um, that will give you great certainty in the amount of credit that you give. 
but we're, we'll talk about that in a little more detail later. TLO, uh, which is part of TransUnion, is another service that will help you uh, pull credit-related information, as is Corterra, um, which is part of Moody's, um, and they have a credit uh, service as well. Those are great ways to pull. Um, to, you, you'll pay a fee. Um, sometimes it's many tens of dollars. Sometimes it's several hundred dollars to pull someone's credit. Um, the Secretary of State, again, is a place where you want to pull information uh, to verify the things that people say about their company. There are other public records that you should pull that may be in the Dun & Bradstreet or the TLO, but not always, because those services typically run a little bit behind and they're not 100% accurate. So one of the things we recommend to our clients when they're checking credit is to search in a few other places that are relatively easy to check. So number one, the public records. So you want to Google whatever the county is, county recorded documents. Um, so if you're searching in Martin County, for example, maybe that's where the, your customer is, is based, um, you'll type in Martin County recorded documents, and that is going to pull up liens, releases, recorded judgments, property transfers, anything that gets recorded in the public record. So for example, you're about to extend credit to a customer and you type in Martin County recorded documents and you find that they just had a judgment entered against them. Maybe it's so new that it's not even in the Dun and Bradstreet yet. Maybe they recorded a lien against a piece of property for a lot of money and that indicates that they're owed a lot of money, which may affect their cash flow. That lien is not going to show up in the Dun and Bradstreet or the TLO report, but it will show up if you search in the uh, public records for the county where your customer is doing work or prospective customer. To see if someone owns any property, you want to do the same search, county, uh, the name of the county, county property appraiser. That's going to pull up current property ownership. So if my company is ABC Plumbing and I'm in my warehouse uh, and I, you want to see if I own my warehouse, you would type in Miami-Dade County Property Appraiser. It would take you to the Miami-Dade County Property Appraiser website. You would type in ABC Plumbing and it will tell you any property that's owned by me. Remember as well that when you are doing these searches, if you are getting a personal guarantee from your uh, customer that you wanna run these searches, not only for the company, but for all of the guarantors. Um, and then finally, you wanna to look to see if there are any open, pending civil, criminal, civil or criminal cases or what the old civil and criminal cases may look like. And to do that, you would type in the name of the county and county court record. So if, I'm, if you wanna see what cases involve ABC plumbing in Miami-Dade County, you would type in Miami-Dade County Court Records. That would take you to the Clerk of Court website, and you can type in ABC Plumbing, and it'll give you all of the cases that name me as a party, whether I'm the plaintiff or the defendant. And you can actually look at all of the case filings, everything that's been filed in that case, you can find online. A lot of the information I, I just described to you is not going to be readily available in a 
Dun and Bradstreet or a TLO report. So that's why it's absolutely critical that you do these extra steps to check for credit. Other things you should do is just type their name into Google. Ideally, their name is not so unique that you find lots of um, potentially unrelated but similarly named companies. Uh, you know, hopefully it's unique enough so that you can find um, their name, especially if it's a unique person's name. So you can look for online reviews. What are their customers saying? Are there any complaints against their license? Do the people have any mugshots online? Have they been arrested? Are there any bankruptcies? Are there related companies? What does their website say? What do other websites say about them? Again, all of this is intended to give you a larger picture of the potential customer that you're going to extend credit to, to make sure that you are making the proper credit decision um, about these this company. So now you have lots of information, not sure what to do with it. Um, how do you determine whether you're going to extend $1,000, $5,000, $100,000 worth of credit to this customer? As I told you before, it is far from an exact science. One of the things you need to determine is how much you are willing to put at risk with any given customer. You also need to determine, is the debt going to be secured? Are you going to have a UCC? That's not very common. Um, you can get a UCC. Um, UCC secures your right to uh, people, uh, to companies, um, potentially the receivables, uh, their inventory uh, that they may have in a warehouse. But more, much more common is lien and bond rights. So if you're going to extend credit to somebody, are you going to do it on job accounts that are going to give you specific lien and bond rights, which is different than the house account or the shop account where they come in and they, or, and they buy, you know, a uh, thousand feet of copper wire, but they're going to use it in different projects. So you don't, you're not going to have lien rights because you're not selling it for one specific job. So one of the ways to potentially extend more credit and limit your credit risk is to use uh, job accounts so that when they come in, they say, no, this is for the Smith job. Okay, that job, then you're going to notice, you're going to use Sunray to send your notice to owners, uh, your bond claims, your lien claims to secure your rights. Are you going to get a personal guarantee? Let's take a minute and talk about personal guarantees. If I own ABC Plumbing, I am married and my wife is unrelated to the business, but you get a, um, you have me sign a, a, a credit application, terms and conditions, and you have me sign a personal guarantee. Um, now, I have a bank account with my wife and that bank account is, is titled in what's called tenants by the entirety, TBE, tenants by the entirety. If you get a judgment against the company and against me individually, you will not be able to get the bank account that's held with my wife as tenants by the entirety. Homestead is also typically uh, untouchable. Retirement accounts are also untouchable. Um, maybe we have a, a piece of investment property, my wife and I, 
Um, maybe you'll be able to attach my share of the interest in that um, uh, piece of property, but maybe we don't even own it ourselves. We own it in the name of a trust. So these are all ways that, that people can shield their personal assets and you think, well, I have a personal guarantee, so I should be, get every, I should be able to get everything associated with them personally. Um, that is not the case in Florida. Florida is a very debtor-friendly state. If you are a debtor, you owe people money, Florida is a great place to be. So it's, it's better to have a personal guarantee than not have a personal guarantee, but don't, be, uh, don't believe that the personal guarantee is the end-all be-all at securing your rights. Um, I would tell you having lien and bond rights is probably more important than a personal guarantee, but getting a personal guarantee is great. Uh, joint check agreements, another great way to secure your rights. So typically that's not something you'll get at the outset of a credit agreement, but maybe during the course of a job, you, you may decide that you need to secure uh, your rights because maybe the customer's paying late. So you're gonna get a joint check agreement. That is an agreement between you, your customer and the owner or the general contractor that says when they pay your customer, they're gonna pay you directly so that you get the money straight from the people that are paying your customer. You don't run the risk that as it goes through your customer's hands, maybe they use the money for something else. Starting slow, just like a credit card, just like a bank loan is very important. Do not extend significant amounts of credit right away. Get a track record of working with a customer, getting them to pay your bills, um, to start developing, that credit relationship and then extend the amount of credit slowly over time. Some things to, to be on the lookout uh, on when problems may arise. Late payments, um, not one every once in a while, but a pattern of late payments is an indication that maybe um, you need to reconsider the amount of credit you're extending. Um, different buying schedules, kind of really up and down um, that's going to affect your uh, the amount of credit that you extend. If they sell uh, a lot of their assets, um, a significant change in personnel, closing locations, um, unusual requests for additional credit. Now, again, maybe they're requesting additional credit because they have a series of new projects, but again, don't be so enamored with the potential sales, you need to make sure that you're protecting your business by not extending too much credit. Some things you can do to prevent credit problems. Rerun credit at least once a year. Um, we have clients, they get the credit, they run the, they get the credit application, they run the credit when they open the account, and then they never do anything again. Well, people's lives change, companies change. Um, so having a process in place to rerun the credit and take another look at this business every, I would recommend every year, but maybe you decide to do it every 18 months, every two years, but don't just run the credit and then never think about it again. That's a mistake because if things change that would appear in a credit report or in some of the searches I told you, and you're not checking for it, you won't, you'll be the last to know. Um, checking on the job, and if you rent equipment, for example, checking on the equipment, um, uh, making sure that the sales that you are 
thinking are going to a job are actually going to that job. So for example, if I'm a rental equipment company, um, do I have my salespeople going and verifying that the equipment is on the job that they say that it's on um, so that I know that my lien rights are good? Uh, making sure that you're identifying where your equipment is going is an important way because if you deliver it to a job site and then your customer picks it up and moves it to another job site without you knowing and you lien the first job for all of the unpaid amount, they could come back and say, I don't know why you're leaning my job because it wasn't here. It was only here a week. You you have a lien for a month of, of time. Your customer picked it up, put it in this truck and took it somewhere else. So be aware of that. Um, meeting with the clients and listening carefully is a great way to, to keep an eye on what's happening in their business. Um, communicating with your sales team because your sales team is going to be the one dealing with the customer. What are they hearing about the client, uh, customer? Uh, about their business and any changes in their business. Keeping great records of all of the things that I told you uh, is very important so that if there is a problem, uh, you're able to support your claim in a court case. And then let me give you a pro tip uh, here. Do not write the credit limit that you are extending to the customer on the credit application. Let me tell you what I mean. I come into your to your shop. I fill out a credit application. Um, I may request a certain amount of credit. You may you may say on the credit application how much credit do you want, right? And I could write in ten thousand dollars a month. Um, that's okay. What you don't want to do is review all the information we talked about and then have a spot on the credit application where you say how much credit you are agreeing to extend. And the reason why you don't wanna write that on the credit application uh, is because that will be considered the amount of credit that you determined should be given. And to the extent you extend more credit than that, more credit than that, and the credit uh, decision doesn't turn out well, meaning the customer um, fails to pay you, they, the customer, in a court case can use the determination that you are only going to extend that amount of credit as a basis for refusing to pay anything more. So let me give you an example. I come into your shop. I say I want $5,000 a month. You agree to give me $5,000 a month. We develop this relationship slowly over time, uh, and you write $5,000 credit extended on the credit application. We, over time, you decide Okay, $7,000, $10,000, $20,000 a month. And then something goes wrong. And for three months, I don't pay you $20,000 a month. That's $60,000. And I can't pay you. And you sue me. One of the defenses I can use in that case is, well, you should have not, you shouldn't have extended to me all that credit. You, you said you were going to only extend me $5,000 of credit a month. So you extended an additional $15,000 a month. So all of that overage, you should be responsible for it. It should not be my responsibility. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but it is actually a valid defense in the state of Florida. It doesn't always work, but it's something that the defendant can use. So do not list, do not write on your credit application how much credit you're going to extend. F write it somewhere else in your um, 
software system that you use to manage uh, your accounting, um, put it someplace else, but don't write it on the credit application so that it's obvious to the other side um, in a court case how much credit you agreed to extend. Wonderful day, everybody.